T T B. Music podcast. Like it's 1999. Although obviously it's not 1999 or no, nothing. No, partying. Yeah. No. Or even uh, nining. Although we're close to. We're 19. O, close to 09. Oh no. What? Because it's 08 at the moment, isn't it? No, it's 18 now. I know, but you. Well, know, you mean month wise? Month wise, yeah. Yeah, it's 08. This is why this podcast has, gets kills on the numbers. It does. This is sort of go, this, this yeah. sort of chatter. The, the chat, banter. Yeah. They even talk about music, you know. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, uh, completely lost me. Have we started? Uh, yeah. No, started. It's, just, it's just been so long since we've done it, done anything. I'm like, you know. I know. That's why. That's why we're doing two podcasts uh, very close to each other, Pete. Are we? Yeah. Oh, is that, are we revealing that as well? To catch up with each other. Because I know we do this every Christmas, and we lie about doing the New Year one, and actually we do what? both at the same time. So, sorry. I didn't say we were doing the same time, Pete. <laughs> I just said we were doing them close together. Oh right. Oh yeah. see. Right. Clearly, we're coming back next don't, week don't to do the second the one. <laughs> Don't look behind the curtain. That's what. That's that's the only reason why we're doing five albums in this ah, podcast and five albums in the next podcast. Next week, wink. Because <laughs> actually, otherwise we'd be doing six, wouldn't uh, we? Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, this is podcast six. It is. Speaking of the sixes. Yeah. So, what have we got on podcast six? I hear you say. We have Nine Inch Nails, the Bad Witch EP, album, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Sophie, Oil of Every Pearl's Uninsides, Let's Eat Grandma, I'm All Ears, Astral Drive, Astral Drive, and Camelot, with a K, The Shadow Theory. So, we shall start with uh, Mr. Resner and Koo. Um, I'm going to say it's the, it's the final part of the, of the, the three EP thing, because yeah. it's, it's... It is. Yeah, it's... It's well, some people are, going, people are going, oh, it's an album. Going, well, it's kind of under it, 30 minutes still. It's still it's kind of like BP. It kind of fits yeah. in with the fits in. Yeah. the other thingies. Yeah, and mm, we reviewed the first one on the podcast. Uh, EP. Yes, the yes, first, uh, which was the Not Actual Events. Yeah. Uh, we were both meh. I was very meh. You were yeah. just general. Hmm? Yeah, uh, I recall. I still am. Second, second one, Ad Violence, we didn't review. Although I, was a, I was a bit more. Ooh. I was still a bit... Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, at least for you at least, we're, we're starting to go on an up, upward trajectory. Has that upward trajectory continued for the final part of the trilogy, Peter? Yes. Yes, it has. Um, and it's, it's hard to talk about this without talking about the previous two EPs that were actual EPs as opposed to albums whereas this is somehow an album but still an EP let's not get into that yeah Um, it's still an EP but this one's actually been released as an album I think I think the immediate this one feels more like an album I know it's only six tracks but even even sort of the, the sort of the tracks the way it's put together the production value is slightly higher this one feels more like an album so it, he has done quick albums before I think back to um, um, uh, With Teeth and, With Teeth yeah 
and oh, and uh, the one he gave away free back in two thousand and nine. Um, the, 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 I don't want to say the trip. It's not the trip. It's the the trip. Yeah. No, that's not the trip. Um, of oh, the slip. The slip. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Close. So it's, it's a bit like that. Um, you know, it's just he says, oh, "I'm just putting this out there." It's an album now. Um, yeah. So I think I think was, the first one was very meh and a bit sort of loud and a bit growly and and just noisy. The second one sort of was a bit softer and mellower. This one sort of feels more like a Nine Inch Nails album compared to the other two, if mm. that makes any sense. Because I think Atticus Ross, it's taken... Now that he's joined in full-time in Nin, it just feels that that, that balance, they sort of tried to work out what their sound is other than their soundtrack sound. Um, and I feel that on this album, they've kind of found that, that it's, it feels more like Nin because I felt Hesitation Marks was very inconsistent and of course whenever I listen to a new yeah. Nine Inch Nails album I immediately go back and listen to all the others because that's yeah. what I always do with Nine Inch Nails um, so, it felt, so I, I again listened to Hesitation Marks and gave up about two thirds of the way through as I always do because it's not that great um, but whereas this one I don't mind Hesitation Marks I, I, I don't mind some of it um, so this one felt more consistent um, I like obviously the opening track tracks um and then what's quite interesting with this is the sort of midway through uh interpretive jazz breakdown which for me Boy. <laughs> very much <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah anticipated my sneeze there <laughs> for me very much followed on from um um the final bowie album uh dark star uh black star even yeah. Yeah, get my stars right. Dark Star, Black Star. Dark Star, Black Star. You got you get the uh, Black Star, my Black Five star. star. Not a gangster. Um, you know, that album. So this very much picks up the mantle of of that. And in a way I, I guess well if, if this is his first album proper uh since the uh, the passing of Bowie, you know, we know the two were close. Yeah. Um so this feels very much like he's deliberately passed up a button and, and God Break Down the Door sounds very much like um and then he said Dark Star again. Black Star. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so there's, some, there's sort of sort of a, an, a, I think more than a tribute and nod. Um, but as with all Nine Inch Nails albums, they never quite end right for me. Ever since uh, the Downward Spiral, they never quite finish. He never quite finishes. He always <laughs> sort of ends experimentally. And this album is an album that builds up to the longest track being the final track. Yeah. And it's just like, yes. And I li- I listen I have listened to this track. Um, I'm glad you have been. That's yeah, kind of part of what this podcast is about. So fundamentally, yeah, no, it's part of the rules. We have to sort of listen to that one. Um, and the way it just sort of keep, keeps looping, and it just sounds like it's becoming increasingly distorted, but it's not because it actually it it does sort of he's orchestrated it in a way. Oh, anyway, it just ends. It does. Yes. What do you think? Uh, I, I I mostly mostly agree. Well, I, 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 told you I, what I think, but what do you? Think? I think I think I think this is this is. Um, I don't, I don't uh, not actual events was rubbish. Um, Ad violence was less rubbish, but still kind of rubbish. And I, and I say and I say rubbish in the sense that I thought both were literally kind of poor retreads of. It's, it, obviously, naturally as a band, you, you're going to. 
recreate and redo stuff that you've done be done before to an extent. But in in both those two instances, I on neither occasion did I think there's anything on here I would listen to over stuff that's on previous records. It was like, yeah, been here, and you've done that better, so therefore I'm not interested. This seems to take um, various points from Nin's history, if you like. Yeah. Um, yes. And and, yes. and and try and kind of blend them into these the, the, these these five tracks, but try and make them sound. It's okay. This is Nin now, yeah. as opposed to Nin. Yeah. Twenty twenty years ago. No. Um, so as you say, it starts off with with, with Ship Mirror, which I think. Uh, Bizarrely has Ian Asbury on some additional backing vocals. Um, um, I quite like this because A, it's short, and B, it's one of those songs that just stops in the middle. Mm. Totally. And I love songs that just stop and go totally silent and then start back up again. Um, Which he does. Yeah. But I'm a sucker for that yeah. kind of stuff. So, so, yeah. so that immediately made me kind of go, okay, see, I'm already... After the, the one track, first listen, I was already thinking, okay... Yeah. You're in. Actually, this hadn't happened the first two EPs. So when I was already going, okay, bored now. Let's move on. This got, got me, and then you go straight into uh, ahead of ourselves, which I, which I love. Um, which you got that kind of whole, uh, the kind of drum and bassy type beat, uh, distorted vocals, yeah. and then loud, shouty bursts of noise with guitars. <laughs> Which I quite like because it's, it's unexpected. Um, and then, as you say, then, then it goes on Bowie, uh, Black Star. Because even on the third track, uh, which is the yes, instrumental, that which play, feeds into play, it. Yeah, they play the goddamn part. Yeah, that's that starts the whole kind of the kind of jazzy influence yeah. thing. And you're thinking, oh yeah, this would not feel out of place at all on, Bla no. on, on, on Black Black Star. Black Star. Yeah. And then, and then into, as you say, it goes into Copyright uh, Down the Door, which is. Which also actually reminded me of uh, Jesus Jones, um, um, which was quite odd in a bizarre kind of way. But there you go. Um, not the strangest thing that's happened to me in this podcast. Um, and I tend, to, I tend to agree with you. I think I think over and out is probably the weakest thing on the the album. The first five tracks, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, 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 really like it. And then you get to over and out, and you're thinking, mm, "Okay, now I'm kind of going back to no actual events and mm. thinking, yeah, maybe it should be a five-track EP." Mm. But still, big tick for me. I, it's, I think, I think, I think it's the best thing that I've done in quite a while. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's the best nine-inch. Uh, let's let's go in then. Let's ignore the other stuff they're doing. With with the Vietnam War and other soundtracks that they've done last year or two. They're redoing the Vietnam War? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hope America win this time. <laughs> so, the, um, so, yeah, so so Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, as Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, have done soundtracks, um, the Vietnam War, which is a groundbreaking American TV series. They did, pay, uh, I was going to say Patriot Games, you know, the one with Harrison Ford, you know, not that one. Um, the one uh, about the um, the Boston bombing. Um, oh yes, yes, yeah. yeah they did yeah. the soundtrack for that as well. Apparently, uh, that was quite a good film. Yes, apparently so. Had a very good soundtrack apparently. <laughs> that passed me by. Um, so yeah, no, as as Nin, uh, definitely the best thing they've done. I would say better than Hesitation Marks, but there are obviously a couple of blistering tracks and a remix 
on Hesitation Marks. Yeah. If Hesitation Marks was a six-track six EP, Hesitation Marks would be really excellent. Yeah, yeah it would be superb. Um, I just can't get past the sort of middle of the album. It completely falls off. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely the best thing that that, that we've seen um, as Nine Inch Nails in a long time. Okay, moving on. Uh, that's, almost, that's almost the whole podcast gone. Brilliant, yeah. right, Nin. <laughs> yeah. That's, Nin 12, that's, that's 12 minutes. It's meant to be a short podcast. This is, this We're doing five records. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. This is the trouble when I listen to a band and then I do the entire back catalogue. Yeah. See, what we time. need to do is we need to talk later on in the in the next podcast. We need, we need to do a podcast that's as long as the album. Right. That we're talking about. Anyway, we're moving on to uh, Sophie. Uh, I, I've written the second album down. I'm thinking, I hope it's the second album. I may have read that wrong. Um, Sophie is a Scottish record producer, singer, songwriter. Uh, for those who care about diversity kind of things, transgender person, uh, artiste. Um, it's previously works with uh, Charlie XCX, Madonna, Let's Eat Grandma. Who we'll come on to, strangely enough, very shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, and most recently, he's been working with Lady Gaga. Uh, yeah. Perhaps not surprising. Um, this is a really interesting uh, yes. pop record. Um, in lots of kind of ways, it kind of it kind of starts off as a kind of gentle modern pop record, I suppose, um, with OK I Cry, with um, Sophie herself doing vocals, which she doesn't do very often. It's usually other people singing. Um, and it kind of starts off in this kind of, kind of one way, and you, think, and, you, and you kind of, your brain then kind of sets yourself for what you think the album's going to be, and then it just immediately goes off the other direction and becomes a far more uh, interesting and, dare I say, challenging uh, pop record. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get straight into a song called Pony Boy, which is in your face with the kind of fat, distorted beats, and kind of, it's almost more akin to. Um, Aphex Twin yeah in its kind of sound yeah, yeah. Um, and this also that, that kind of beat carries through to the, the third track on the album Face Shopping as well which um, is equally bizarre and yet uh, the more times you listen to it strangely compelling and it reminded me of a album that I owned that I hadn't listened to for years by a band called uh, Chicks on Speed oh um, nice yeah wow. and a song of this called Warm Leatherette yeah if you get a chance to listen to it yeah Really good, um, and there is that kind of general listening to it. I was thinking, trying to express how it is, and it's this, this kind of juxtaposing of kind of noise and pop hooks that at times reminded me a bit of St Vincent, um, but St Vincent as played by the Aphex, Aphex, Aphex Twin. Um, this is makes sense, like make it sound like it's not. There's nothing on it that's kind of poppy and catchy and stuff like that, which is again. Bizarrely, not not the case because you've got because you've got things like Cold in Water where it's uh, it almost comes into kind of Kate Bush territory. You've got Immaterial, which uh, I'm guessing intentionally has a huge hint of Madonna's Material Girl. Um, apparently, I think he's also he she's also worked with Madonna before as well. Um, and this is definitely one of those one of those albums when the f- first first listen through, I was thinking oh, this is pretty rubbish, and then I have warmed to it. Quite substantially in the last in, in subsequent listens, so I, I, I think it's uh, uh, one of the more interesting records I've li- we've listened to this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I actually like this from the off. Okay, um, and it has grown on me. Um, 
I think it's okay to cry has a sort of a rawness about it, but yeah. very Prince. Yeah, and actually, mm-hmm. I've got to say, there's a great line in it, which I, which yeah. I, which I, which I did write down, because I thought, oh, this is brilliant. So it's, it's yeah. like, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I think your inside is your best side. Yeah. Which I just thought was a lovely, lovely yeah. line. It's very sort of soft, very sort of raw to begin with. Uh, and then, as you say, it goes into a very, um, uh, sort of very varied set of styles, very, very, uh, you say Ponyboy, very, very much in your face. Some some great pop songs on here as well, and you've already mentioned in material. What one thing that I really I loved the the instrumental pretending, mm. which was just yeah. dropped in the between not okay and immaterial. So really good juxtaposition of the tracks either side. And you're not expecting, and you say it's one of the things you're not really expect, no. expecting it. And that really came sort of out of nowhere, and it was just it was just sort of like. And it really was just noise, but it was brilliant, brilliantly, brilliantly done, um, brilliantly put together. Um, so no, that really was 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 one of my favourites, and I think I think it sort of added to it when Immaterial then kicked in. You're like perfect, you know. You've just, just sort of driven, taken you through the album and put you there, and it's perfect. Um, and in fact, I, t- I mean, to that extent, I think the second half of the album sort of had more of an impact on me. Um, I mean, it closes with a, a track called "A Whole New World," not the um, the one from Aladdin. "A Whole New Obviously. World." <laughs> not that one. Yeah, and, and, and actually, something that uh, bizarrely something that will run through this podcast and the next podcast. Yeah. That we're clearly not recording straight after this one. No, we're not doing, doing, no, next no week. definitely next week. Definitely, um, like we do the new one, new yeah. one at New Year. Is long tracks? Yeah, long tracks. There's the, the, the <laughs> long tracks on albums that you wouldn't necessarily think are going to have long tracks on. Exactly. But whole whole new world. For that, I mean, the first half of that wouldn't have felt out of place on a on a sort of latter day prodigy album. Hmm. You know. Yeah. It, it's that that sort of sound. Um, you know, and then of course it then evolves into something else. So yeah, no, very varied, very very enjoyable. I'd heartily recommend Sophie. So we move on, sort of, because actually Sophie. Uh, she here as well. Is also present on this record as well. Yeah. Um, let's see, Grandma. I'm all ears now. Let's see, Grandma. It's the second album from um, a duo, Jenny Hollingworth and Rosa Bolton, who got together when they were 13. Uh, they're now, I think, a grand old age of 18, stroke 19. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's the sound of Peter's live crashing before. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. Well, I'll say this to you, but perhaps not, the song Hot Pink was uh, produced by Sophie. Right. Makes uh, sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, a couple of 18-year-olds from Norwich. What could they do, Pete? <laughs> well, I like an arty pop duo. <laughs> <laughs> been do well you really? Do you really? I do. I've yeah. never noticed. Yeah, that's been well established on this podcast over the years. Um, so yeah, obviously the, first, the only few tracks I picked up all the arty pop duos and other bands that from you know from the sort of 82 to what whatever year it is now yeah yeah um i picked them all up um in the first few tracks and i especially liked uh the track it's not just me uh which i actually thought was very secret secret secret, secret. I, so I, th- I thought church secret. i actually thought churches you thought churches yeah yeah so i heard i heard secret at that point um 
because obviously the vocals vary elsewhere and it's very um very english you know so it's again arty pop duo that sound very english yes um, it is um, you know, something i picked up on noted exactly. as well on my thing does that does sound like they're from england from here from here yeah. like all right. not that, yeah. that foreign stuff no no so like you know i'm not going to do a norwich accent but you know what i mean um and but but obviously english and all that 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 brings to you sort of that that sort of um legacy of of making and crafting decent pop music and listening to records by depeche mode and, and new order it's all there you know depeche mode particularly their earlier work it, it's in there i hear i mm. heard i heard tracks from like albums like a broken frame and construction timing and records that are like 30 plus years old now i could hear it it's there the legacy is there anyway um, other things that I liked about this album are tracks that I liked in particular I mean Pink Organ Pink Organ? No Pink Organ oh, Hello <laughs> okay. Who are misses? Get my notes confused here Hot Pink followed by the organ <laughs> <laughs> on the cat's pyjamas <laughs> People are just now listening to me scratching their heads going what the F is yeah. he talking about? I'll, I'll, I'll put my clothes back on Peter So. <laughs> The cat's pyjamas has an organ on it. <laughs> um, it does, yes. No, stop it. Um, I also, and, and speaking of long tracks, I also rather like the rather long... Pink organ. Uh, I rather like the rather long Donnie Darko. Uh, so I like both the long tracks in this Yeah, album. I liked it. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's... it's, it's, it's again, this is... Uh, another album, so they've picked up quite a bit of um, press recently, in last, it's in, ever since they released their debut album a couple of years back. Yeah. Uh, with people raving about them and their uh, maturity and the fact that, that how interesting they write considering of you know how young they were and channeling yeah, and yeah, absolutely. And stuff like that. I've read a people people say a couple of reviews where I was going oh they're already sold out and you're just thinking oh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus that's quick isn't it <laughs> it doesn't sound like a sellout album to me because no. um, as you said there's there's, there's there's actually a lot going on there, and, and in addition to the stuff you've mentioned, there's, there's for me there was even bizarre stuff. There were, there were times where I was listening to this record, and particularly because you've got Cool and Collected, which comes in at nine minutes, Donnie mm. Darko at eleven minutes, mm. when um, whilst it doesn't sound anything like either of these two bands, I was listening, and there were a couple of moments when I was genuinely thinking about the Grateful Dead and the Eagles. And a couple of other people who, who, yeah, genuinely have no connection with this record at all. But there was some, something about the way the, the songs were flowing, um, the way they were structured, linking, li- linking, that it was just suddenly that's what came into my head. And I was thinking, oh, yeah. And yeah, other times I was thinking, you know, uh, at its poppiest, I was thinking to summer camp. Um, yeah. I was also thinking about shampoo. Oh, my God. But again, God. but again, but again, not musically, but but of of that kind of uh, yeah. the the vo- vocally of actually sounding mm. kind of young and actually f- of where you're from, it's, rather than sounding faux American it's or funny because I, I can't remember is this album or another one. I thought about Summer Camp this week, <laughs> as you do. Um, yeah, you know, and that's possible. Maybe it's, that part's possibly why. Great but, album. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, so I I. I I thought Let's See Grandma were uh, considering everything about them. I was thinking, yeah, you know, 
ought to be making interesting and and trying to make challenging music when you're eight, when you're 18. Yeah. Good on them. That's what I say. Good on them. Um, we move on um, to uh, Astral Drive. Uh, I'm just say ping, 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 <laughs> ping, 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 and ping again before you even start this one. Um, Damn it! That's yeah. not my joke! Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for you to tweet about this so I could yeah. crack that joke. Oh well. Um, so I'll just start off perhaps by explaining who Astral Drive <laughs> R is because there is, there is, it's because actually this is it's genuinely quite interesting. So I'll sit back. <laughs> Astral Drive is really a guy called Phil Fornley. Mm. Um, who Phil, you say? Well, Phil is someone who at 17 was uh, working with Mickey Most and people like, people like that as a uh, trainee engineer mixer. Uh, Ended up doing doing some doing some engineering on uh, an early Wings album because he just happened to be in the studio when the proper engineer had, uh, had like had, had, <laughs> the proper engineer had buggered off. So he, so it was Paul McCartney went. I'm sure you can do this. Go on, yes, to go for it. Um, That's another one of my references. Yeah. Go on, carry on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Later, he was uh, producing the Cure's pornography album. Yeah, and then went on then went on to, on to be a bassist for for a year yeah. after after that. Um, since then, uh, has had a varied career, mainly doing engineering stuff, mixing records for people like Duran Duran, Brick Up Sprouts, Like That Furs, Ash, Holly Valance, and is probably most famous for uh, co-writing Torn. Ah. As made famous yeah. in this country, at least, by Natalie Imbruglia. Yeah. Um, but he also wrote I Quit for Hepburn, great song. Um, uh, most recently, he's been writing with Pixie Lot and Mel C. Oh. Uh, in fact, wrote Pixie Lot's last two number ones. Oh wow! Um, okay. However, that all said, pedigree. Yeah. Apparently, Phil says my biggest influence is Todd Rundgren. You probably wouldn't guess listening to this record. No. Ping. <laughs> Ping. Um, I think it's quite fair to say this album. This al the album is pretty much a, an homage to the world of Rundgren <laughs> mid 70s um, it's you know <laughs> from the opening bars of Love is Real you're just going to go okay yes this is this is like a Todd Rundgren tribute album um, it is quite full on um, as you say there are there are other influences from that period, 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 period there but they're channeled essentially through the uh, the glass of Rundgren, um, and the overall effect is actually a bit over the top for me, <laughs> it has to be said. Which is not to say there isn't some really good stuff on the record. Um, the opening track, for "Love Is Real," I think, is really crack, cracking, cracking track. Um, you then get, uh, I think, um, "Wishing I Could Change the World" and "Summer of '76." Which oddly sounded even more like um, if you'd imagined Greg Alexander and his guys of New Radicals doing Todd, and then Bill doing a cover of them doing Todd. Um, oh, sorry, I, yeah, go on. Yeah, I thought of them too. Yeah, um, and there are tracks that sound very much Todd-like because they're almost kind of copied. So. Mm. Um, I think it's uh, I'm trying to think which track it is. I think no one no one escapes. Um, 
and the title track both borrow heavily from actual Todd songs where they've pretty much repurposed the uh, things. Um, and it, it's you know it, it it's kind of it's kind of fun for what for, for what is it? it it's a it's a shameless mid seventies singer songwriter album. Um, interestingly, the backing band for the for the album are he's basically making his money these days as being a member of Brian Adams's touring band. So has roped in various members of Brian Adams's band to play on various tracks. And uh, Rungren, Todd Rungren's bass player. Uh, Kazim Sultan also lends the odd backing vo vocal too. So, uh, enjoyable homage without being brilliant is my so view. I, um, I almost tweeted you this week uh, to paraphrase Mrs. Merton. So, what first attracted you to Todd Rundgren's sound alike Astral Drive? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he hangs heavy over this one I, you basically said everything I'm going to say so I'm just going to read read my notes here um, um, wishing I could change the world I've actually written here post Beatles Macca mm. possibly Wings yeah <laughs> absolutely could even be singing it himself if he was 40 years younger um, and and then obviously Child of the Universe um, the, a, a Wizard of True Star the La La song you know yeah yeah yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> um, I found that the second half, again, I got along better with that uh, than perhaps the first half of the album. Uh, for me, the turning point was I actually really liked this, the track, and I'm not doing this to be funny. Um, I did actually really like the track Astral Drive by Astral Drive on this album. <laughs> Astral Drama. I'll leave it there. Just say it like Todd's. Sometimes I don't know where I feel. But yeah. <coughs> So, we reached the end of this first session, and the long overdue return of metal. Metal! Um, <coughs> yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> In this instance, it is uh, the 12th album uh, from uh, American band Camelot. That's Camelot with a K for people who are caring at this point um, The Shadow Theory um, also very loosely uh, a um, a thingy majiggy concept record concept yeah it was a concept although I was saying that surely all albums are concept records I'm not records. sure what the concept was I think it's Modern it's Life bit, oh is it I think and right. things that may is it not a bit is it not meant Woolly. to be like Games of Thrones or something uh, well as I call it Games of Thrones like my father yeah. Game of Thrones even <laughs> well I don't know Pete you, you, can, you, can, you can tell me how this uh, album kind of kicks off well, it kicks off with a track called The Mission it which, does yeah. which basically I've written here <laughs> this is my first impression really liked the Marvel Cinematic Universe-esque opening fanfare <laughs> I see I, you can bet I see I kind of went ooh Lord of the Rings and Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> It's that thing. It's very di and, and I was like, and and um, it's it's just very sort of Disney. And yeah. speaking of Disney, the lead vocalist, <laughs> who throughout this album, I'm not kidding you, um, unlike any other metal album I've ever listened to, the vocalist on here feels like he has been just dragged off the stage at, at Broadway 
Broadway. Oh, yeah, Broadway, yeah, Broadway, 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 Broadway place is fine. Yeah, yeah. We'll not eating Broadway. Broadway, yeah, but yeah, you know, Broadway. You know, you know, Broadway with the theatre. Yeah, um, and the shows and such. Um, so it, 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 he's got that sort of quality, that sort of show. Sh- yeah, quality sing. You know, that sort of singer that you know he comes on and he does his very deep and meaningful song about cats or something. Um, and I think that's very much. He, he sounds like that throughout the entire album. He does. It's just like he's, he's, he's straight out of a Disney show or cartoon or something um and and what i think was a little bit grating at the beginning is that 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 voice is just a little beat off being a a rock singer (laughs) (laughs) but as if to underscore the point that this is a metal concert album you've got someone growling possibly even him underneath Oh, it takes a while for the growling to start, though. Yeah, it's there at the very beginning, and then it disappears, and then yeah, it comes then it comes back. back at mind, mindful yeah. remedy. Yeah, when suddenly, suddenly there's growling again. I was going, yes, growling. The growling was there, as if to underscore the point. It's just like I am a singer and a show. He's a singer. I can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's a singer in the show. You get the point. It's too much um, for you. So, what are my overall impressions? <laughs> I liked the drama. <laughs> I liked being reminded of all the film blockbuster movies I've seen the last few years, <laughs> particularly those that involve comic book heroes. There is a lot of that, and yes. dwarves <laughs> and elves. <laughs> um, I particularly like—I mean, the opening track. I know I joke. I, I, I didn't mind it. Um, I, I have to—I have to sort of also give props to Burn to Embrace, um, which not only had children singing on it. <laughs> that scores points. It also had guitars as bagpipes <laughs> I've read I've, I've read here Burns gets all fiddly and oirish sing it kids <laughs> um, and then there was the tiresome duet <laughs> uh, well it's cool to hear but there's I'm, a couple but, but, I'm the first one. but yeah I'm assuming me and Twilight which I wrote the power ballard the power, duet yeah power ballard yeah um, and so I was I was, but actually after that I was glad to get back to the rock <laughs> Um, uh, and uh, it, it, it all sort of sounded very similar in the second half. Yeah, it's so got, I, I got it, a bit tired. Yeah, it's a weird album. I think it's time to lie down. I, the, my first listen to this, I. I um, yeah, I mostly thought it was shit. <laughs> first listen. Um, I, will, I will confess, I, I have listened to it two and a half times, and the. And the uh, yeah. Yeah. And and the and the the second listen um, into the third listen, like I went, okay, I am being rather harsh on this record, <laughs> um, um, and it reminded me actually a bit of the times of Queensrÿche, um, uh, which rather than being a good thing for Camelot, just made me want to listen to Operation Mindcrime by Queensrÿche again, which I did this week. It's still a fine record, it has to be said. Um, <laughs> I think you've covered most of the things. I actually say it starts off all Lords of the Ringsy, and you know, basically you're thinking, God, these guys should be literally hired by Marvel to just do soundtracky stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then all of a sudden you get, then, then all of a sudden it's like, here come the drums, like. Meanwhile, on Asgard. Yeah. And then we go all symphonic rock, and it's just, as you said, it's 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 a, the guy does live up to that kind of thing. It's part symphonic rock, part traditional metal, part prog metal in places where it almost goes off on one um, 
I think you agree. I, I agree with you that uh, Burns, whatever it's called, um, <laughs> Burns to embrace. Burns to embrace. I quite, I quite liked, even though it, the, the, the kids kicked it. Kids, uh, yeah, it, you just, it's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's 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 daft, but it's fine. Um, the opening track, Phantom Divine, is actually not that bad, and and it's the the one of three tracks featuring uh, a fellow singer. Uh, it is the best, the best of the bunch. Um, once you get over the daftness of it, it's actually not a bad track. Um, but only other thing is uh, the song Amnesiac, uh, which is the fourth track of the album. Every time I got to the chorus, I just started singing Titanium by David Guetta featuring Sia. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that whole Amnesiac. Yeah. And it, that's kind of the, it, it bugged me for the first time. I was thinking, that sounds like something else. And then by the second time, I, I, my brain had suddenly got to what it was. And, I was like, and, so, and then suddenly I was going to go, you know, Titanium. <laughs> Which, you know, perhaps not the uh, vibe they're going for. I don't know. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, interesting. Very. Join us again next week. Next week. <coughs> uh, we'll, we'll do this again with some more records. Right. 